Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's becoming a signature. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of becoming a thing, isn't it? Uh, welcome to Smoking and Toasting, the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by our good friends of B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Road trip coming. It'll be probably sometime this summer, I think, by the time we're going to get to Fort Worth, but we will be doing a show from the new B&B location there, and we're excited about that. Welcome to show number 79. We have uh, a lot going on today, and we got New Republic Brewing in the house. Uh, Mark Nichols is here to uh, lay on us some brand new brews and some uh, old favorites, I think, from uh, from New Republic. So this is this is very exciting. New Republic uh, located in College Station, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, being a, <clears throat> being a graduate of the University of Texas in Austin, I will just have to say that I can I can be cool about that. Aggies need beer too. <laughs> That's the way I look at it, you know. And they might as well have good beer because we know there's plenty of good beer in Austin. So you need good beer in uh, in uh, College Station as well. Well, welcome to the show and welcome to a really uh, a really fine uh, fine looking day out there. It's a little cool, but you you can feel just that touch of spring in the air. Uh, at least here, I know that the Northeast is all under a huge blanket of snow, but. Uh, that's what you get for living in the northeast. We got, we got I did my time. Typical Texas spring where you wake up and it's fifty in the morning and then it's eighty in the, 80 afternoon, in the afternoon and then back to fifty it, yep. in the evening. That's that's uh, typical for this time. But of you year. know what? I could live this way. Yeah, I could, <laughs> like, kinda, we could I'd live be just like fine this. with that. Uh, Ian, welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, and how are you? You have a good week, man. I had a great week. As yeah. a matter of fact, I uh, I smoke more cigars than I usually do. Oh, why don't you uh, pick one and tell us about it? I will. Let me pull up my pull notes up your on this notes. right now. Yeah. People go, so, how, do you, how do you remember all that stuff? I'm go, still oh, catching up. Down. I know yeah. it's been a while, but we went to the big smoke, mm-hmm. and I brought home. What was the the count before, like, after we smoked the cigars that we had there, the count that I just took home was like 43 cigars, right? Yeah, you're still working your way through. I'm still catching up on a few of those. Mine are gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I end up with this information paralysis when I... Uh, when I look at my uh, humidor anymore, because mm-hmm. I got so many different things, but I only have one of everything, so I'm like, well, I'll save that for a special occasion, save that for a special occasion. Right, that's so the problem. I, I'm, I'm trying to just make every day a special occasion now. Um, so <laughs> so last night, I thought, you know what? I, I want to try this one. And it was the, the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar. Oh, that's a very interesting cigar. Now, that's an expensive cigar. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is a is a very expensive cigar actually. That one's I would put it in super premium. The um cigar itself, first off it says Julius Caesar, who I don't think was known for cigars. I don't think he was, no. So I was a little weirded by first. Nor is like, he from a cigar, you know, tobacco <laughs> cigar producing region. region. But yes. apparently, um the name comes from Julius Caesar Newman, the founder of J.C. Newman oh, Cigar. there you go. So, yeah, once you look into it, you find a little bit more about it. Uh, it was apparently created to celebrate the 115th, uh, this, uh, the company's 115th anniversary and to honor the uh, founding father's 135th birthday. Mm-hmm. And if he's still smoking cigars after 135 years, no, that's a joke. But anyway, uh, I'm sure this cigar was... Um, uh, medium to full, probably on the fuller side of medium or the lighter side of full. Mm-hmm. Um, the everything about the cigar was chocolate, by the way. Oh, sounds like like one I would it love. was. Yeah. It was so chocolate. The color was chocolate. The pre-light sniff was chocolate, and some other stuff. The pre-light draw was chocolate and cream and and mocha. 
The uh, cigar itself, when I lit it, um, this was almost a one-dimensional cigar, but it was delicious. Yeah. Like, I don't mean that in a bad way in this particular case. Well, if you like the dimension. Yes, right? exactly. And if, this if was like a chocolate bomb. This is a Toro, I think, is the size that I had. It was uh, about six inches by 52, I think, was a ring gauge. And uh, the construction on it was beautiful. It was firm, but not too firm. The... Uh, the uh, the head or the foot on the cigar, I, I always default to a punch, and it was a really thick uh, punch through on there. Um, the construction was impeccable. The burn on this thing was impeccable. It was chocolate. The first third of the cigar was chocolate. The second third of the cigar was chocolate with a little bit of spice. Yeah. Right? Then I got down to the third third. Oh, by the way, somewhere about halfway through the cigar, the ash finally fell off, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And I, it got do. to a point, because it was kind of a big cigar, so <laughs> so it got to the point where it was comical, and I was smoking it real careful. But, yeah, about half of this cigar was ash when it finally fell off. And um, and I was leaning forward, so it didn't fall all over me. Yes. Um, when I got to the last third of this cigar, the uh, spice ramped up. That's why it wasn't just a one-dimensional cigar. Mm-hmm. The spice ramped up a little bit, and it was chocolate, and it was delicious, and I couldn't stop smoking the cigar until I just didn't have enough cigar to smoke anymore. <laughs> so I truly, truly enjoyed it. Plus, the label is really cool. It's got a picture of Julius Caesar on a label. Right. Gorgeous, gorgeous cigar. Uh, price versus quality. I think the cigar itself is, what, a $16 cigar? I think that's about right. 15 yeah. to $16 cigar if you buy a single stick. Um, I'm going to give it easily a five. It was worth so every... It was worth it. It was worth every worth penny that, wow. I, uh, that I actually sort of paid for it. Um, it was yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the big smoke, you do pay for those cigars. You do pay for it. You just don't though, see that you're paying for the yeah, cigar right. at the time you buy it, the it's cigar. It's a wonderful arrangement, actually. <laughs> right? <laughs> they already took your money, and here's a cigar. But, um, yeah, so, no, if I walked into a shop and a shop owner said, hey, you got to try this at $16, mm-hmm. I would have been perfectly happy with that yeah. choice. Um, it goes with anything that chocolate goes with. Well, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, like it was fantastic. It goes with a Belgium style triple, really well. It would go with a whiskey. It would go with a rum. It also goes with whiskey really well. Yes, these are great cigars, and I'll I'll recommend them. You get exactly what you pay for. Um, It's a fantastic cigar, even at that price point. Well, I think I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed that because those those cigars I will tell you when I see them in the shop they're the ones that scare me like because right. they're not they're expensive but you know they're fairly light colored they're not like uh, they're not like a dark like, if I see like something like an Oscuro or something right, like that if right. I see something and it's expensive but it's got that real like sort of oily darkness to it you go well that's probably pretty complex it's probably worth you know but but sometimes when you see those with with a, a little bit lighter thing you go man I really hate to pay $15 for a cigar and then have it be Milder than I want, and now I've right. made this, you know, this right. big, big commitment. You at least want the complexity, so, so that's a good thing. Well, I had a very dark cigar this uh, this week, and it was one I had not had before. In fact, I'd never seen it before until I got it. Uh, it was a Rocky Patel Dark Dominion Maduro Robusto. I haven't heard of this one. I had not either. I'm pretty sure it's only sold through Thompson Cigars online. Okay. I had ordered uh, back in uh, uh, December. I was uh, ordering a uh, a humidor, and uh, they had a really good special in humidor that came with some cigars, and so I ordered it from them. And I, as I was ordering it, the lady, the phone operator, you know how they get ones that can sometimes be a little hard to understand mm-hmm. them. 
I, I hung up thinking, I'm pretty sure she talked me into some kind of deal where they're going to ship me cigars on a semi-regular basis. And sure <laughs> enough, uh, once a quarter, I get a box of cigars. And I don't recall the conversation now, but I, I must have told them I really like Rocky Patels because I get a box of a whole bunch of Rocky Patels. And I was like, okay, okay I, I could cancel this, I suppose, but... Kind of nice getting a box of Rocky Patels, right. so uh, so I was like, I'm so I'm still with it. Anyway, this baby was in that, and I'd never seen it before. It had a, a cigar band that covered almost the whole cigar. It's a fairly short robusto, but this band was just huge, and it was uh, it was uh, black and gold, and the cigar was just dark. And uh, when you take the the band off of it, because you've got to do that to get the pre light uh, uh, aroma from it. Uh, it's just a wonderful blend of earthy goodness. And I'm just thinking, if this cigar is going to be really good, I wonder why Rocky only did it for Thompson Cigars. Hmm. I, I, I know that a lot of the cigar people do that. They do right. special blends for a particular retailer or for a particular uh, online thing. Anyway, uh, it's dark and short and absolutely beautiful. Sumatran wrapper, Costa Rican binder, Nicaraguan and Ecuadorian fillers. And once the band was off, I lit it up, punched the top, lit it up, and it burned like a champ. So I'm thinking, I'm on to something here. This is this is really a this is really quite a cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice and complex, uh, nutty flavors, ripe fruit. They gave it a little sweetness, that sort of Maduro sweetness, and a solid earthy aroma. It was medium to full, very well made, and a real treat for a time when I didn't have chance to, or time to smoke a, a bigger and, and more uh, long-lasting cigar. Uh, it did last you know, probably 45 minutes, so that wasn't bad. Uh, so I had to look up the price. Uh, it's an $11 cigar. So for a Robusto, 11 bucks. you're thinking, okay, for a Robusto, that's, it's not super premium, but it is a little pricey. I'm, yeah. I'm expecting my Robustos to come in at five, six, seven, eight bucks, right? Um, so it's $11 cigar. If it were eight bucks, I'd give it a six, probably on price to quality. Uh, but an eleven dollar robusto, I'll just give it a solid five. Uh, worth every penny, but I wish it were either a little cheaper or a little longer. Uh, right. But it, but it's delicious. And if you are buying from Thompson Cigar, uh, I, you know, I did look it up on their site, and you can buy you, know, you can buy them you know individually or like in a box or a pack or something. You don't have to get the very strange rocky shipment that I seem to be getting once a quarter. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was it was it was well worth it, I think, and uh, and I just really enjoyed it. And I just have to say, it was a different flavor profile from any of the other Rockies that I've 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 had. Uh, so it was, uh, and I reviewed a Rocky not long ago, the 1992 uh, vintage, I think, and that was that was terrific. Those this was so good. this was just different, you know. It, it was, but it was it was almost edible. The flavors, you know, <laughs> so it really, really, really good. So you know, uh, I I used to years ago. I had the I don't know if you remember the Cigar Dave show, but I used to I used to be one of the mm-hmm. uh, Cigar Dave uh, subscribers that would get the so you get a monthly box monthly of cigars, box yeah. of cigars, and I really enjoyed that. And then I fell out of that, and I keep threatening to do it again, and I always forget when I'm on the website to even do it. Well, it's a good idea for you and I to belong to one of those clubs because we're faced with the. I'll, I'll call it wonderful challenge yeah. of having to have different cigars uh, from time to time so we can talk about them. I've gotten into a habit lately of just buying my favorites. And it's like, well, I've already reviewed those. I right. got to come up with something else that we can talk about on the show. So, and since we don't have, uh, at least yet, 
cigar makers sending us cigars to review. Smoking a toast. And hint, hint. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Uh, yeah, then, then we, you know, we have to go out and buy those, and that's and, fine. And Solo needs that's to start fine. sending me some free oh, cups. you've got the green Solo cup again today. You know, I, I'm gravitating to the green Solo cup because the red Solo cup just, the, the song The song, yes. Just, well, yeah. So I'll tell you, I, I don't know about you, but I am thirsty. I am ready to fill that uh, that cup and, and some others and uh, do some tasting because Mark Nichols is here from New Republic Brewing, and when we come back, we're going to see what sort of wonderful wares he has brought. You know, I've known Mark for a while. He's pretty good at sharing beer. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, when I think that should be like if you're filling out your profile on Facebook, if people want to be your friend, that should be a thing. Are you good at sharing beer? Well, you know, he's also known as the beer poet, so I do believe that that would fall under the under the name. Well, we'll ask him for some beer and some poetry in our next segment. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, this is the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we'll be right back. What up, Facebook? Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Those are some well-recorded drums. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I was just about to say that bass drum sound is like the I mean, best it's, it's ever, just like, isn't it? You know, there's. I was I was talking about this uh, the other day on one of the various radio shows that I do, and that and that is that to be a drummer, uh, I'm not. You know, I, I played drums the only instrument I can play really worth anything. Um, so I can talk about drummers and it's okay. Uh, but, you know, to be a drummer doesn't necessarily require the same level of talent as uh, being a guitar player or keyboard player, although there are some drummers who have achieved that level of talent. But the, the point is that being a really good drummer, especially a rock drummer, I think has as much to do with knowing how to record drums as it does knowing how to play them. Tone makes a big yeah, difference. Because uh, you hear so much, like, um, you know, uh, lower-budget indie-type stuff where the drum sound just isn't like what we just heard. And it will know? kill the recording. And it'll kill the recording. Like, no matter yeah. what you put on top of it, it still so kind of kills spend it. spend that time miking the drums. Get it right. I don't know why we're doing uh, drumming tips. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and just so you know, you mentioned about drummers and the amount of talent. Mm-hmm. I, I will agree that uh, there are instrument owners across the board, and then mm-hmm. there are musicians. And then there are musicians, exactly. And there's there's a big difference, you know. There is. And I think a lot of it isn't just the amount of skill that you put into your instrument. It's knowing how your instrument sounds and how you want it to sound. Like, yes. understanding tone makes a big difference. Okay, so And it be- takes years to get that. So best rock drummer? Um, yes, there's a lot of them. There's Keith a lot Moon. of great ones out Keith there. Moon. Keith Moon. Keith Moon was fantastic. See, you know? I, I Neil almost- Peart. Uh, come Neil on. Pert's like amazing. I almost lean towards, and because of the sound thing that I was Tommy just describing, Aldridge. I would almost lead toward John Bonham. John Bonham, because he got drum sound on some of those Led Zeppelin songs that nobody was getting. I love the, the story where uh, he always bought kits with two bass drums, yeah, and no one would let him use two bass drums, <laughs> so he just had to do it all with one bass drum pedal. <laughs> Uh, his son can play two bass drums. I've seen him do it. So. <laughs> uh, well, uh, welcome to uh, uh, segment two here, Smoking and Toasting, show number 79. We have New Republic Brewing in the house. And you're not a, uh, a drummer by any chance, are you, Mark? 
No. Okay. Didn't think so. Uh, well, welcome to uh, Mark Nichols, who is here with us and has brought beer. And uh, Mark, we have had you on the show a couple of times uh, before, and it's always been great fun. And uh, the last time we had you on, you had just started with New Republic. Yeah, it was day three. Day three. <laughs> <laughs> we like to get them right when they're fresh. Did you say anything uh, on that show that you now uh, uh, look back and go, ooh, that wasn't correct? I kept my mouth shut pretty well, and I let the founder, you know, have yeah. the spotlight. He was a lot of fun too. Uh, well, you yes, we had a great time on that show. Well, you've had plenty of time to learn the beers and and you know really sort of become well versed in in drinking them, and so oh, yeah. Uh, and plus, you guys have got all kinds of new stuff, don't you? We do. So what's hap- What's the you know what's the word at New Republic right now? What do you what are you guys focused on? Um, right now we're focused on launching two new beers. Okay. Um, the first one is called Ale Mary. It's a style that uh, style is called Patter's beer. That would be a P A T E R S B I E R. Okay, so you've got me. I don't know what Patter's beer is. It's a it's a very very much lesser known style. So really, going back to the monasteries and the monks brewing in Belgium, they were they were making their trapels and mm-hmm. you know doubles and. You know, stuff like that. But they would, uh, for their in-house, something they could drink all day long, still right. make, like, their prayers five times a day, <laughs> do all their work. They made they made a Belgian light beer with the element of wit, blonde, and tripel. So uh, is it lighter, not just in, you know, maybe uh, lighter being sessionable, but is it, like, lower calories and things like that, or is it about the same as... It's uh, it's a it's a lower ABV. Ours is Imperial at four point two percent. The monks would generally brew around two point five. Wow! Um, just something that they could just plow through all I was day just thinking long. They could drink it more <laughs> all day long. Yeah, yeah, that totally works. This water is safer than that water. Than that water, exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there were times, you know, back in the day when that was the reason they were brewing the beer because the water mm-hmm. wasn't safe to drink, but the beer was. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, for those kind of problems once again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, also... you, or you could just go to Mexico because it works there, too. Ah, uh, that oh, sounds so man. good. I don't know. The mics are set differently, but it, it, it was a good thing when he just yes, opened that, that beer. that definitely yeah. picked that yeah. up. So we are starting uh, then with the, the Ale Mary. Uh, that's very cool. I like the you know being a football fan. Obviously, the... The Ode to Hail Mary. Mary's my wife's name. That's and, you love. know, the absolute classic so one. So far, I'm digging this whole idea. The absolute classic one being the Terry Bradshaw classic. Oh yeah, Hail Mary like, shot. That was like one of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest. Which Super Bowl was that? That was in the '80s. Oh, it was like you know, twelve or something like that. But Terry Bradshaw is ancient, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is. Would be so. Uh, hmm. Well, I can tell you already on the nose, it's got a sort of a fresh, sort of a almost citrusy vibe to it on the nose. Fruit, um, yeah, the fruitiness of, fruit. of the yeast is uh, really comes forward in this beer. They're using the same uh, strains as like you would make a tripel from. It um, almost, it almost just in the in the first taste and in and in the uh, in the nose, almost reminds me of like uh, a hefeweizen or wheat beer with that. Sort of banana and banana and bread, rich fruit, very sort of, bready uh, too. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Uh, but it's very refreshing. A, a little, a little more so than like I think your typical uh, hefeweizen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, mm. it's got a crispness that you don't usually equate with with the uh, um, 
with the style. You know, some Belgian style. This would be a wonderful gateway beer. You've got a friend that usually drinks the, uh, you know, the big brands and and is interested in craft beer, but doesn't want to, you know, do a, a imperial IPA or or mm-hmm. a, you know big porter or something like that. This is a great place to start them because it's it's as drinkable as those mainstream mm-hmm. beers. But just has that flavor that you're not going to get from. It uh, smells so good. It does, doesn't it? I'm like, um, it almost makes me hungry. It's, uh, it, it smells so good. Mm-hmm. This is so. Is this on shelves now? It it is. It is okay. Um, we we uh, we just released our second batch. Our our first batch went uh, sold out in about four days. Wow, wow. that's great. Fast. That's great. How big is a batch exactly? Uh, for us, it's not tremendous. It's a. Uh, it's roughly about 160 cases. Um, Still, that's more that's than a, that's a chunk of beer. That's more than yeah. I could drink in a day. You could, yeah. You could yeah. make a throne out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could. I, I'm. Tr- I'm actually trying to build a castle of yeah. it around a cheese box in a grocery store right now. Dilly, dilly, <laughs> dilly. <laughs> These are things that you never expect your friends to say. Yes. yes. So you're building. You're trying to build a castle. Yeah. Around a cheese box. It's not really a castle, but you but, know, but just castle shape, like a wall, yeah, a castle right, wall right. around it. Hmm, That's what I call it. You know, fascinating. And this is and this than... is the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also noticed that this um, this can is a different look for you guys. Is this something coming oh, yeah. to the whole line, or is it? Uh, that is going to be our new look across the board. I like it. Very, very clean, classic, very classic, yes. Less busy. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing, it says our name prominently above the, the beer, yes, which is like uh, something we overlooked on our first label. You're right, because you had to kind of scan the can to figure out uh, yeah. who the brewery was. Yeah, you're right. I also like that you guys give um, serving temperature suggestions. Mm-hmm. And the one for this beer, and boy is it correct, is 34. Mm-hmm. Like, you want this as cold as you can get it. It's that it's that style of beer. I'm for it. I'm kind of like that with most styles of beer, even the ones, <laughs> even the ones that you're really supposed to drink warmer. Uh, but I, I love it. That's, that's terrific. Well, what a great opener. Uh, this is, and it's a brand new second batch, and uh, brewed in College Station, Texas. You know, so. it leaves kind of an interesting yeasty aftertaste too, uh-huh. but in a good way. That's, yes. That I really enjoy. Like like eating a really tasty um, slice of bread, but one that's got maybe mm-hmm. like some of the yeast uh, on the top of it, or that powdery stuff. Whatever is that yeast on the t- on the top? When mm-hmm. you, when you have a, a piece of bread that's got that white powdery, you know, coating is is that yeast or is that uh, flour? It's, fl- it's, it's flour. flour. Okay, well. Thank you for correcting Not me. Not bakers here. I'm I'm sorry that my uh, that my uh, baking skills are so poor. Uh, uh, so with uh, without further ado, let's go for the next one. Next one, let's go to Big Brother. Oh, Big Brother. One I heard uh, Ian mention a little earlier, a Belgian Trippel. Mm-hmm. Oh, now so, this is going to be the so same yeast, yeah. and you're going to see. A lot of the same character and elements mm-hmm. on a much bigger body. On a much body. fuller, bigger body mm-hmm. beer, yeah. And what is the ABV on? Nice. What's the ABV <laughs> on this, baby? sounds so good. 9.2. Okay, so we're stepping up uh, pretty dramatically from uh, from the Yale Mary mm-hmm. then in terms of, uh, and it's early in the show, as Ian pointed out. I almost out, like so. it already. <laughs> Just for its 9.2-ness. You're, s- you're so difficult to, uh, to, <laughs> to please, Ian. Here. Right. Uh, when it comes to, I'm hard uh, to get along yeah, with. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you and beer, boy. I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the um, still just really enjoying uh, the flavor of the ale, Mary. That's that's terrific, and could be a uh, could be a real really good sessionable summer beer. I mean, this is already that's already going on my list for uh, you know like poolside beer for the summer. Yes, this is the ale, Mary, for sure. So now this is what is this one called again? This is a called Warimono. It's a it's a Belgian triple. Warimono. What does that mean? So in Chinese, it means a person that makes fireworks. Well, there you go. <laughs> I could have guessed all day and not hit that one right. There are fireworks in my mouth, and yeah. it tastes like Belgian beer. Yes. Now it it does have definitely on the nose. Definitely has that Belgian, uh, you know, sort of monks in the abbey sort of uh, of, of aroma to it. This is. Uh just the uh, aroma and the first taste of this is very classic Trapel. It really I mean, is, isn't it? To me. Yeah. It's very classic. The finish is really nice and uh, and quick and easy. A lot of banana in the, uh, the back of it. A lot of fruit um, kind of flavors. Mm-hmm. Warm kind of fruit flavors. But also still very drinkable. Like Very with, much. For all of that <clears throat> and for the bigger body... Uh, it still goes down yeah, for the very nine, easily. The nine plus percentness yeah. of it, you don't even notice. That's it. a little, uh, yeah. That's a little sneaky, actually. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like having that watermelon's been soaked for a while. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> like you don't notice them. <laughs> mm. You don't notice it so much. You're right uh, about the flavor profile. Definitely has the banana. It's in a, but it's in a different way. Less citrus than mm-hmm. the ale, Mary. But it definitely has the banana bread uh, sort of a vibe to it's it. It's got a touch it's, of candy sugar going on on the body, too. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can pick that up a little bit. This one also has a little bitterness on the aftertaste that you don't get from the other one. It's like a the little, dry hopping uh, uh, adding to that. No, it's not going to be from the dry hop. No. Well, no. there there is a, a little more maltiness, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's good. Say, say the name of it again. Warimono. Warimono. W-A-R-I-M-O-N-O. Warimono. Mm-hmm. And that's a Japanese fireworks maker? Chinese. Chinese fireworks maker. Okay. All right. Got it. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, wow. That's a, uh, that's a couple of great beers, and that was a great segment, and there's more to come, which is very exciting. Plus, uh, Padron and others are raising their cigar prices. I will have a... Uh, a little, uh, a little list for you of who's raising theirs and who's not uh, coming up. So you can, yeah. Oh, I know. I, that's the same face I made when I when I found this out. So I have that list. We'll share with you coming up. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, show number seventy nine. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. So nice to have you guys checking out the show. We appreciate it. And big thanks to uh, Mark from New Republic for being here and bringing beer, our two favorite things. We love when people visit us on the show, and we like it even more when they bring stuff. And so uh, Mark has brought a cooler and some great uh, some great stuff. We tried the Belgians in that last segment, and we're going to go another direction here, I think, in... Oh. That's so awesome. That is such a beautiful sound. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Coca-Cola has announced they are launching their first alcoholic drink. Coca-Cola is making su- an alcoholic drink? Does this drink? surprise you at all? Yep. They're going to experiment with an alcoholic drink first in Japan. 
with a budding market there for chuhi or chuhai. I don't know which way it's pronounced. A canned drink made with uh, soju, which is a Japanese spirit that's uh, a, a lot like a, uh, a vodka, maybe like a cross between vodka and sake, I guess, would be the best way to describe soju. Um, but it, uh, it'll be the first time that Coke sells an alcoholic beverage, breaking away from its more typical business model of, you know, non-alcoholic sodas and waters and, and the other stuff they have. They haven't experimented in the what they call the low-alcohol category before, but it's an example of how they say they want to continue to explore opportunities outside of their core uh, areas. In Japan, they will compete with Suntory, which is one of the world's largest premium spirits companies, which currently makes a Chuhi uh, beverage or Chuhai beverage with a 3% alcohol content called Horoyo, H-O-R-O-Y-O-I, as well as uh, they also brew Kirin and Asahi. So Mm -hmm. um, anyway, it's uh, it's a first thing and a bit of a departure for Coca-Cola, but if it works, we could see it in the States as well. You know we know a guy from Suntory. We could probably get him on and ask him about That would be a very interesting. That. Yeah, that'd be very Speaking interesting. Speaking to you, Frank. Yeah, Frank, uh, right. it's, it might be time to have you uh, have you return to the program. <laughs> uh, that would be good. We love return guests because once people have been on the show uh, once, they seem to, like, when they come back, they bring more. Yes. And that's a, that's a more is, is Once a they good, get how fun we are. Right, yeah. Well, how fun you are. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say. It. Uh, Mark, what are we uh, what are we going for? You mentioned uh, during the break this would be a palate cleanse. Yeah, this is our cat again. This is our uh, thirst quenching. Oh, it's your easy blonde. drinking yes, yes. blonde. Mm-hmm. We tried this on the first time you were here, mm-hmm. and we all appreciated it. And I got to be honest with you, I like the flavor. the The nose on this is interesting. It doesn't taste like the nose. Well, I'm I'm not picking up a whole lot on the nose. It's. Uh, Unlike, say, the Ale Mary, which you immediately got some of that uh, um, fruitiness and, and the citrus, this is a little more just, it, it's a little harder to detect, at least for me, on the nose. It's it's kind of um, a kind of classic beer-smelling beer. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean that in any kind of any kind of bad way, but it the flavor it the flavor pops really. Um, I expect I expected less flavor from the nose of this, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And then once you taste it, once you have it uh, and it rolling around in your mouth, you really get a lot of little things going on, especially all at once. So uh, this was this one of your earlier beers that you guys uh, started, started? Yeah, this is our with? number three beer. Okay, um, that we came out with. Um, I want to say it was our second year mm. in business. Mm. <coughs> uh, it's very, uh, uh, even though Ian's like, uh, uh, choking right now, but it's a very, e- <laughs> I'm getting all very choked up about it. Very easy drinking beer, though. It, uh, uh, <laughs> it you know, is much like the Ale Mary, uh, but a very different flavor uh, profile. It's more, it, it's more what you would expect, I guess, from a blonde ale. All right. but it's, mm-hmm. it's, now I'm going to do something here that I find ultimately entertaining. Okay, we're going to wind up the beer poet. Mm-hmm. Oh, the beer poet. <laughs> Okay. okay, and we're gonna say, beer poet, what am I expecting to taste in this beer? Well, you're gonna get you know some subtle breadiness and hints of uh, citrus through the aroma, but as it gets to the body, it's gonna be a nice medley of like uh, fresh baked bread with biscuit and honey, mm. and then it's going to uh, conclude with a uh, subtle burst of uh, bright citrus flavors right at the finish. 
it's eerie how accurate you are at that. It, and yeah, and it, actually, I didn't pick up the honey until you said it. It kind of actually sounds like <laughs> BS, but then you go, it's so true. oh, he's so right. That I, I am tasting those That's things. why it's so fun. I love <laughs> <You> doing know? <laughs> that. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, and my mom is so proud of me, too, that part of what I do for a living is tasting beer and going, yeah, I taste this and this and this. She's not really, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like to think she is. You know, he was uh, such a nice boy. He was such a nice boy. <laughs> now he has a beer tasting job. Uh, it's you know, it, again, it reminds me of my favorite episode ever of Cheers, where Norm gets a job as a beer taster oh, at a brewery, hilarious. and he they put the white that. coat on him, and he walks into the uh, uh, the room where the big tanks are, and he just goes up to one and hugs. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful. Beautiful moment. Uh, this is really good and really refreshing. What does Cadigan mean? All right, so uh, Cadigan is the uh, so the name is basically the technical name for um, when you don't know what to call something. When you use like a thingamajigger, what you call it? Right. That, um, those are Cadigans. Like those, those are Cadigans. So to use that term is a Cadigan. So was that because you were having trouble naming this particular blonde ale? Not exactly. Yeah. It's because we were having trouble with a cease and desist on another uh, beer, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we weren't very comfortable with the I, names that we wanted at the time. Uh, well, I <laughs> love this. What a not great, getting another one. That's do you, a great do you know story. anything about cease and desists on names? Not a thing. No things like uh, that. I've never experienced anything like that before ever. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you just yeah. joining us. Yeah. Our podcast was, started off as a different name. Yes. Was uh, just uh, the cease and desist that you guys dealt with. I won't go into a lot of legal stuff. But did it come from a company in San Diego that sells chocolate-covered strawberries by any chance? It did not. It might okay. have come okay. from a company that was bought by a company mentioned not too long ago. Okay. <laughs> I, I, and we'll just leave it right there because I can I can sense that that's probably as far as we should. We, we want to be kind As far of, as we should go. Yeah, we don't want to put them on the spot more than we have to. <laughs> oh, I love telling the story. So, well, chocolate-covered strawberries. To, I love that, and I learned a and, new term. And to category. be honest, uh, that cease and desist was probably the biggest favor anybody could have done for us, yeah. like our first year in business. Because it got you That some name attention. change yeah, sure. just rocketed that beer. <laughs> I remember it. when you get when you get in trouble, you can use that for publicity. Just needs to be the kind of trouble you can recover from. That's all. Yes. Right? Right. <laughs> so Cadigan, I like it, and you were absolutely right. It is a complete palate cleanse from the other beers. And now I sense you're taking us in a uh, another direction here. Yeah, it's time for some hops. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, I'm a hops uh, loving person. So uh, let's see what we got here. See, the bigger cups came out for the yeah. hops. See, did you notice? <laughs> did you notice? That? I wasn't subtle at all, was I? Oh no, I certainly wasn't. This Good. is our King's Head IPA. Now I didn't realize you guys had something called King's Head IPA. Well, it's brand new. <clears throat> oh, it's new. That's what, that's yeah. probably why we hadn't tried it, it before. It launched uh, literally like um, it literally launched like uh, three, four days before Super Bowl. Did you have an IPA in your uh, in your lineup before? Not a single. Just so the whip. This is off. the first one. Now that's really interesting because um, so many craft breweries kind of come onto the scene with an IPA. That's one of the first things yeah, that that's... they. That right they do, the- and you guys went a completely different direction. And I have to tell you, when These you came really in last time, I really enjoyed Whipsaw, and then it was immediately difficult to find. Yeah? I think you did that on purpose. Um, well, part of you know, we've been going through a lot of changes in the brew house. We've had adding new equipment, added a new brew house to it, and um, 
uh, you know, all the plumbing and you know, now, fitting everything are in. Are you is, guys having an anniversary coming up sometime soon here? Yeah, you guys are going to be there. Well, awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> April 28th. I love it. We're looking forward to having you out, Cruz. What a wonderful idea. We're going to have like 10 special tappings that day. Oh, wow. All so, kinds of stuff. So when you do an event like that and you have special tappings, what? obviously you look at your existing lineup and you go, okay, what do we want to add to this for the... Uh, for the event, right? It's more like, what do we want to have fun with and what do we want to show off? Yeah, I love that. That's better. It's It's like, you know, you get to do fun things. It gives you credibility. It's really enjoyable for the the guests and the people come out. So with the 10 special taps, are some of those going to be like, these are new in the line or are they all going to be special? uh, Like, hey, we're just doing this once and trying it out or this is just for fun or, you know, or a um, little of A, B, C, and D. Everything, you know. Most things start off for fun, and we see where they go from there. <laughs> okay. I don't mean um, to interrupt. Not sure how many are viable, but. I don't mean to interrupt all this wonderful and very interesting beer talk, but Mark, this is a damn fine IPA right here. Thank you. Wow. I'm very impressed. As, as you know, someone who I would say IPA is my probably my favorite category or whatever you want to call it, my favorite style of beer, but IPAs can be so incredibly different. And you know you've got the sessionable ones, you got the juicy ones, you got the uh, West Coast, you've got all all mm-hmm. the different styles uh, that go into IPAs, and I have a tendency to lean towards the sessionable ones because I f- I just feel like the flavor is a little bit friendlier. You get the hops, you get that you know that sort of IPA bite, but it isn't as Ian often says, it isn't like chewing on a pine cone. And uh, and this really falls into my wheelhouse. This is delicious. This I smell uh, a, a lot of that hoppy IPA, almost pine coney kind of scent, mm-hmm. but with tangerine on top. Ah, uh, so it's more. It's like orange zest. It's kind of like when okay. you when you yes. got that knife and you're slicing across the peel of the orange, mm-hmm. and those little bubbles are popping of zest. The little oils are releasing. Mm-hmm. That's what you got. That's really good. That's right. So this is King's Head uh, India Pale Ale. Uh, what can you tell us about the name, King's Head? So uh, King's Head is a very prominent um, English name. Oh. Uh, lots of pubs, lots and, of pubs, and, and products and yeah. stuff like that. But there wasn't, a, you so know, a King's Head IPA. So it's not like bring me the King's Head. On no, a no, no. So um, being of British origin, you know, where the IPA was born, mm-hmm. um, we we have the name King's Head as a as a tribute. That's not an answer to the Dilly Dilly. No. The dilly dilly really deserves no answer. <laughs> that's 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 where I would go. Um, you know, you were talking about the, the British IPAs, and I remember the the first India Pale Ale that I can think of was uh, of of ever trying um, was the uh, was it was definitely a British one. Man, now now of course I'm not going to be able to think of the name of it, um, but it's, it's the. Uh, well, you know what? Rather than hold up the show, I'll think of it and come back to that. But uh, anyway, w- my my point was going to be is that it's a very different taste than what we have come to associate with mm-hmm. uh, with IPAs right. now. The sort of first uh, India Pale Ale uh, that I had, but it, it's um, this is just this is just right down the lane for me. Love yeah. this. So this is what we I'll call. Be, I'll be getting some of this on the way home. Thank you. That's how good Directly that is. affecting sales. Yes, that's that's, that's, that's what, what we, we do. do. <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, wow. So this is Third Coast. 
third coast. Now, what does that mean? A third coast. So third coast isn't an official style, but right. uh, collectively, a lot of uh, Texas or hot, humid climate brewers recognize the um, the need for for a beer that doesn't leave you dry and parched, mm-hmm. like some of the other IPA styles have Can a tendency do, yes. to do. And so, this doesn't leave a dry bitterness in the no. aftertaste at all. In fact, one of the things I'm loving about this is I can totally see having this with a cigar. And I talk about this on the show quite a bit. It's like there are some IPAs I may love the flavor, but that's going to have to be when I'm not smoking because uh, right. the bitterness of some of the IPAs on the finish just really does not gel with the cigar. But this, I think, could. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. I'm that's sorry. Good. We totally interrupted. Yeah, we did. Please continue. <laughs> we were waxing about oh, your beer. No, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, yeah, so uh, we. this is a... Uh, this is a two-hop IPA. It's all Amarillo and Cascade, and we brought in a uh, specialty malt called Golden Promise, and that's what mm. gives it that uh, that little background near the finish of Honey Biscuit. Yes. Um, but then you're, it's just like a nice, beautiful medley on the body of, like, orange pine and grapefruit. What's the ABV on this? It's 6.5. Okay. About and 60 IBUs. It's really wonderful, really wonderful. It's King's Head. I'm I'm endorsing this. So it does there drink a little bit lighter than it's a it actually pretty is. Pretty so. big IPA for all that, but it's not like a bitter beer face kind of thing going no, on. Definitely not. <clears throat> Man, you got to get this in some taps in the Houston area. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, to rival the one that's always on every that's tap. On, always on every tap. <laughs> that I'm like, do you have any beer, uh, any IPAs other than that? <laughs> other than yeah. That and often the answer is no, which is disappointing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we hope you will uh, join us, Mark. Uh, take a uh, a short beer break, and we'll be sampling a um, a product I did not know existed until a couple of days ago. Uh, it is a single malt, a 14-year-old single malt, but it's Tullamore Dew's single malt. I've had mm. Tullamore Dew and enjoyed their blended whiskey, but I've never had a Tullamore Dew single malt, so we'll be trying that next. Interesting. Yep, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we appreciate you listening. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are enjoying some very, very good beer today uh, from New Republic. And our uh, buddy Mark from New Republic has furnished the beer, and he's here. And And I would say this is not just because I really enjoyed the IPA, which I did, but you're as knowledgeable about beer as any guest we've ever had, if not more so. Like, you really know your stuff. And that's uh, – I realized we had last time we had you here, you'd been working at the uh, – at the brewery for three days. So um, the amount of knowledge that you've got about these beers and the styles and stuff, it's, it's really quite impressive. The beer poet definitely fits. I like it. Thank you. Uh, it's a compliment, and I love your IPA. So, uh, so this is great stuff. Okay, so <laughs> I mentioned this earlier, Ian. Uh, Padron is raising prices on some of its cigars, and so are a few other companies. I have a, a little cheat list for you here. Of the, I have the companies whose prices are about to go up, so go buy existing ones of these before the price goes mm. up, and uh, and then a lot a lot of them have not announced, but uh, Padron has announced a price increase. 
Do they have uh, any details on which cigars or just uh, their their entire line? They, it's not going to be the entire line. The new price list, apparently, from Patron, Padron, and these are the that's the only company I have any individual cigar uh, uh-huh. info on. Uh, but the 1926 series and mm. the 1964 anniversary oh. cigars are going up, which are already super premium, yes. and I, I will I will say worth every penny because it's every penny. so good. And you know they but probably won't going, be going up, up is tough. Yeah, they probably won't be going up that much, but it's just you know, uh, and then you don't know how much if they're increasing the price, you don't know how much the retailer will then right. increase it too. So it can be a little difficult to tell. Uh, but Padron is increasing their prices, and so is Oliva. We need to get them back on the show. Yeah. Uh, and with samples that aren't that aren't more expensive, uh, and and, and uh, so is Perdomo, by the way. Hmm. So now a lot of uh, companies have not announced I- that their prices are shifting or not, but we do have a few that have confirmed there will be no price increase. So there's no I can give you those as well. No price increase from AJ Fernandez. Uh, no price increase from Davidoff. No price increase from uh, Miami Cigar and Company. Uh, no price increase from Nat Sherman. And no price increase from Tatuaje. And no price increase from Casada. Yay! There you go. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Casadas. Oh, those. I haven't had a Casada that I don't like. I That's think. the crazy thing. Like, and you know and what? our Oktoberfest is so good every year. And I'm starting to get that way about AJ Fernandez, particularly. His more recent blends, like, I am so impressed. I agree. So impressed with what he's doing. So, anyway, so there's a little uh, price increase information for you. <laughs> you can either go out and buy, you know, your favorite Padrones before they go up, or you can spend your money instead to reward those who've announced no price Right, and, and just referencing an earlier conversation <laughs> about drummers, mm-hmm. Bill Ward. Okay. Name one more drummer who did more... With a four-piece kit, I believe he had. Well, he, than yes. that guy, he was amazing. I, I will, I will say this about a couple of drummers that we mentioned, and I'm glad you went back to the drummer thing. Um, <laughs> Neil, Neil Pert. What's is, the show about again? Yeah, I, 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 I forget. Neil Pert. I've, I've had, I've had too many, that guy. I've had too many beers. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Neil Pert is not only one of the best drummers probably ever to play. But he's also the best musician in that band, and that's saying a lot because the other two guys are yeah, pretty outstanding musicians. Yeah, but he is like, and he writes the lyrics, which is like, again, a very uncommon drummer. I'm just going to say that. Again, I can I can rag on drummers because drummers. I'm closer to a drummer than anything else. I also wanted to mention John Bonham, who I was mentioning. If you can listen to "Fool in the Rain" off Led Zeppelin's "In Through the Outdoor" album, and tell me there's a better drum fill. Than the one he plays in that song. Oh my God, that's just—it's so tasteful, so amazing. Yeah, uh, John Bonham knew exactly where to put the boom and the bap. Yep, yep. Like he put them in the right spot every time. I just wish he was still booming and bapping. That's the thing, you know. (laughs) I wish he was. Oh, you know what? I just very silently took the cork out of this bottle. Cruise. How could so I've replaced it and we'll try it again. Here we go. Ooh, that was pretty well, good. That was kind of nice, actually. Okay, so this is a very <clears> interesting <throat> because I've actually really enjoyed Tullamore Dew's blended uh, whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that, you know, if you're out at a bar, you don't really know what to get. They may not have the world's, you know, they like not like a B and B Butchers type, you know, whiskey selection. Right. You, you, they're just one of those that you can't go wrong. 
it's kind of like a Sam Adams. Yeah. Like if you're at some place, they don't have a it's lot. It's just of, good. They don't have a lot of like it, it really interesting craft beers. You can always go with the Sam Adams. Boston the Tullamore Dew also generally doesn't come with sticker shock either. That's true. So, but I was very surprised to find that Tullamore Dew, and it's maybe I'm just not paying attention. I did not know they had a single malt. Now, Tullamore Dew obviously is Irish. They're from Tullamore in Ireland, and this single malt is 14 years old. Although it says 1829 on the bottle, that's more than 14 years. But well, it doesn't age once they put it in the bottle. Uh, okay, there you go. Well, if they bottled this in 1829, <laughs> I can't believe I was able to buy it for what. Uh, for what I uh, uh, paid for it, I believe it was it was less than fifty dollars. So my curiosity is mm-hmm. is um, what was the cost on a bottle? Uh, I, I was less than fifty. I want to say it was like forty six, forty eight for like a that. fourteen year for a age. 14 year age, yeah. And I might have that wrong, but I think that's what I remember. Yeah. So if this is any good, it might just be one of the most interesting, lower priced single malts. That exists now. This is a single malt whiskey. This is not a Scotch because correct because it's from Ireland. It's, so it's, it's from not, Ireland, not mm-hmm. not Scotland. But um, <clears throat> what's interesting is a lot of single malt scotches that are younger or even no age stamp um, cost fifty dollars or more. And so if you're getting something that's been aged and is single malt at that, you just got to hope that it's going to be good beyond that because that should be a good price point. Um, I've just looked up the Tullamore Dew single malt, and it looks like it's just a little over 40 bucks. Okay. For this uh, bottle, which is, I started to say 750 milliliters. It may be a little bit less than that, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good size it's a good size bottle, and I'll show it to you there on the camera. There is the Tellamore Dew. So, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, after doing research, yes, after thorough <laughs> research is research. an important part of what you do. Ian. So, <laughs> it is. So, on the nose, um, right away, there's a lot of vanilla and cinnamon going on, which uh, that generally works of, for me. Yes, yeah. a little bit of oak in the background, which mm-hmm. is which is pretty nice. It's uh, at its price point. I think this is a pretty darn good whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, fourteen years for a single malt, and and from a name like Tullamore Dew, which you know is good quality anyway, mm-hmm. um, with their blended stuff. I think this is a pretty good bottle at that price. Point. I can pick up almost like. Am I getting apple? Yeah, it's got a lot of fruity things going on. Let's let's ask the beer poet. Yes. Um, He's not known as a whiskey poet, but I'm betting he can apply his tasting skills. <laughs> this has a lot. Um, has a lot of. There is a lot of things yeah. going on. I am, I am really blown away at the amount of cinnamon on the finish. It's, it's a lot of cinnamon. It is just mm-hmm. like. Uh, it is like tongue dancing, like bright, almost peppery burst of cinnamon. Almost like those little fireball candies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because yes. it's almost hot. Like, there's now, almost that much kind right, of cinnamon. You're right. It is a concentrated cinnamon. I felt some caramel coming through on the aroma, yes. too. Yes, definitely. So, so. Uh, whereas he, he picked out vanilla, I felt like it had a little more of a caramel character. Um, the two can be fairly close. Um, well, it's a 14-year age, a so the oak is definitely imparting some oakiness, but mm-hmm. other but the other flavors as well, I'm sure. Much of it, and I can't believe it. I just spilled mine. That's bad. That's bad form. <laughs> to spill the Tullamore Dew. Um, we have I a, a paper I towel here. I haven't even had that much. So, 
Yeah, I, I do feel bad for the people who use the studio after us. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> it smells, but, uh, it but no, like a bar in here. <laughs> I think I think this is terrific. Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly not the best single malt that I've ever had by any means. But at this price point? At $40 for a bottle, I think that's a pretty darn good whiskey. Pretty darn good whiskey, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Would you agree? Yes, it's very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big so, fan of Tully anyway, you know. Oh, so you like, like, yeah. so you like, well, I like their blended whiskey quite a bit. I mean, it's yeah. it's just, like I said, it's a good go-to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, wow, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reasonably impressed. It's interesting because unlike, um, like what you expect in a scotch, there's no smokiness to this. Right. There is that fruity side of it, like you said, like the apple, mm-hmm. which reminds me a little bit of like a um, Glenn Levitt. Well, has yes. that very apple-y kind of flavor to it. And I will admit, this is the flavor profile that I'm more prone to like. But in, this is more like scotch. green apple yes, than it would yes, be like a bright a, red apple. Almost a very ripe uh, green apple, very sharp taste mm-hmm. to it, yes. Um, I bet this would go really good with something like a uh, like a brie. Oh, yes. Or uh, and it's. You know, a Vardy with dill in it. It's much more complicated than this, but it's lots of that apple up front and then lots of cinnamon yeah. on the back. And then there's all kinds of other little things happening in there, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd pull out a little nice amber for a sidecar as well. Oh, okay, so uh, do you happen to have one of those ambers of which you speak? Oh, it's the Damn It Jim. Now, Indeed Damn It Jim. <laughs> oh, damn yes. It Jim is no surprise. Yes. I love this that song. Is, this is one it's of the It's no surprise. Uh, I have had many of these. Yes. And I enjoy this tremendously. Well, this was the first beer that I ever discovered from New Republic mm-hmm. was the Damage mm-hmm. And yes. I will admit being a bit of a Star Trek geek, I I picked it up simply because of the name. But I then immediately I was, snapped a picture of it and sent it to my cousin Jim. I was thrilled though to <laughs> Like I'm not joking. I was just thrilled to find out it was good that it wasn't just a, a an interesting name, but that it was a it was a delicious and uh, and so this has meal. become actually for me a go-to uh, when I want something that's not really big and overly not too happy you know, not too way over the top everything when I want something just nice sessionable drinking and uh, for me that used to be Carbox Sympathy mm-hmm. uh, which I thought and still do is one of the best loggers out there you this right here has taken you know that's going to be discontinued I know it? makes me sad because mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that and this right here has taken that space mm-hmm. by a long shot and it's absolutely delicious so mark is pouring it we're going to taste it when we come back for our final segment here today you're listening to smoking and toasting it is show number 79 and we will be uh, right back with uh, just a little bit more uh, beer tasting plus info on comic cons they're quietly what? becoming craft beer festivals i'll tell you why coming up On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, and it does actually now really smell like a bar in here because uh, when I uh, when I first toppled over my cup of Tullamore Dew, and like, have I ever spilled anything on the show? Like ever? No. We're seventy nine episodes in. You're just trying to be like me. Yes, and uh, well, I've now spilled the Tullamore Dew, and then it, during the break, uh, because the damage gym had already been poured, I actually toppled it over. Unbelievable! <laughs> like I, I'm the clumsiest guy ever. So it really does uh, smell very much like a bar in here, and I kind of like it. 
Yeah, so, <laughs> that's just that's just me. Whoever's using the studio after us, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, we'll have to leave some behind because you walk in and go, oh man, I'm thirsty. <laughs> um, so uh, so Mark, um, Gamma Jim is your best seller, is it not? It is. And it's, was it, it your first beer? It, well, um, for for New Republic, there were two beers that that came out, uh, came out right at the beginning. Um, it was the uh, Skylight Dunkelweizen mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Damn It Jim, or at the time it was called Bellows. Bellows. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I know you've told the story of the name change before, but uh, what happened? We, we were kindly asked to not use that name you, anymore. You guys get a lot of those little uh, correspondence, little correspondence things in the uh, in the mail, do you not? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I like where you've wound up with all your names. Like yeah. all, all your beer names are really great. The, so uh, Damage Jim became the uh, Damage Jim was a suggestion um, somebody made on on social media. Love it. It was it was not just Damage Jim, but uh, if you look at that can, the, the full name is Damage Jim. I'm a craft beer, not a bourbon. Ah, so as like a it. Star Trek reference and yes. response yes. to a cease and desist letter. Uh-huh. Of, uh huh. <laughs> of we've been talking about those a lot today. <laughs> Uh, well, this is an amber ale that is just um, uh, really. I, I just consider it to be when I think of New Republic, this is the first beer that I think of. Oh yeah, this is this is a beer that really put us on the map. Um, it's really you know got us some good attention from grocery and got us some you know good placements around Houston, um, places that give us opportunity to bring in and showcase some of our other beers. Mm-hmm. But that beer is really a. Uh, you know, been the beer that has helped us can I, you know leap to where we are today can i sum up this beer in two words please do i doubt it mm, <laughs> malt mm, malt you yes. love this beer don't you mm, malt ah, but the hops the hops finish the malt yeah this is a like they support the malt but the malt is so good in this mm-hmm. it's so like and it tastes fresh, and it tastes wonderful, and it tastes like malty. I love it. It's, it has some of that. If you've ever had a classic malt, you know, from that powder. Oh the, yes, the class, it, or like at the drugs, like a right. drugstore malt, right? It yeah. has yeah. some of that quality in there because obviously it's because it's malt. But it mm-hmm. really, you get that that fresh malt. It's just so good malt. And I, it's a rich caramel. Mm. Side by side with some toasted bread. <laughs> I feel like there's a, toasted bread is kind of a theme running through your beers. I also want to say, yes, very much so. And I also want to say, too, that after the Tullamore Dew, this, and those two really kind of work around each other mm-hmm. in a wonderful way. Had I not this, spilled the Tullamore Dew, beer. I, I probably would be really enjoying that pairing right if now. If only there was a bottle somewhere oh, within reach. There was right. only a way we you're could right. confirm this thought. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that might have to happen. If, you oh. know, I, I feel like Mark that this is amber ales can be very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. I think they can, and this is not that way at all. This yeah. is a very complex. But in a wonderful, not complex in a way that makes it like harder to drink. But it's just it's got lots of really different flavor things happening, and it's it's uh, it's not like a uh, I'm, I would say a more typical kind of a one note amber ale. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, ambers you know are beers that hover on the sweet end of the spectrum. You know, so additional hops cut that sweetness and balance it out. It's, you know, we yeah. brought in, uh, believe it or not, there's 50 IBUs on this beer. But wow. it has the backbone to make it, uh, you know, where you get the bright flavors, <laughs> the bright bursting citrus, 
you know, right through the center, we're using, you know, the Cascade, um, Amarello, Centennial, and Fuggles hops um, in medley of, there. That's a lot of hops. Mm-hmm. But there's so much malt that it doesn't just taste bitter and one-dimensional. No. It's yeah, got this round, right. warm flavor right up front, and then it finishes crisp and bright because of all the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. But right up front, you get that malt just wonderfulness. I just, I like, it, this is... If I'm going to drink something that's under six <laughs> percent, and and you're barely under, this is where this I go. Is, this is five point six. Yeah, yeah, five point six. six. But this is this is much. where I go. This is one of my favorites in the. I'm just going to go uh, have something that's under six percent, which is a little bit more rare for me. What I find, yeah, what I find really interesting about this particular amber is that unlike um, unlike some of the uh, the sort of one note ambers that I was talking about that have a real bitter finish the malt really works kind of in concert with the uh, with the hops to keep this from finishing bitter and cuz there are some ambers that will finish more bitter than an IPA and you don't want that because it's a it's a lighter supposedly more easy drinking beer and this one very successfully navigates that it's interesting too if you go back to your Tullamore Dew and and just inhale Right over it, you're going to notice a lot more of the banana mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the after, after having the mm-hmm. after having that big malt bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice a lot more banana in that Telemore dude that and wasn't there. there, that wasn't there before. And it, it, it then if you take another sip of the Telemore dew, it changes the flavor profile of the Damagem also. And it there's becomes... a lot more like I notice I notice um, there's a lot more apple in it too at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you get. You're definitely picking up the apple from the Telemore Dew. And there's still mm-hmm. so much cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It, it actually, when so I went side by side, the uh, the cinnamon actually the beer washed over, but then the cinnamon came back with a vengeance, like uh, right behind it. It's, it's very neat. It's quite so good. Interesting. I bet if you had the Tullamore Dew and a piece of cinnamon apple pie. I bet you couldn't taste the pie after this. <laughs> you could be right about that. You're like, this tastes like apple pie. This tastes right like apple pie. That. I don't know. Well, I think what the world probably needs more than anything dessert. Is, is happening as he goes for dessert. <laughs> uh, and that is that Comic-Cons are starting to serve craft beer, and it's taken off like crazy. All right, I have a question for you. Yes. When did hot chicks start going to Comic-Cons? Well, okay, so so let me, as, as someone who's actually been... To more than one of these, uh, I, I always. This is how I describe myself, by the way. I'm I'm totally cool with letting my geek flag fly. I'm totally fine being a nerd, but the way I would describe myself is, I'll go to a Star Trek convention, but I won't wear the pointed ears. That's that's where that's where I draw the line. Do you <laughs> so, need a translator when speaking Romulan? <laughs> it helps. It helps. <laughs> Uh, but I've been to Comic Cons. I've never dressed up. But you're, to answer your question about hot chicks, uh, there are some hot chicks at Comic Con, and they're wearing some very interesting outfits. However, not all the chicks are hot chicks. Most of the chicks are not hot chicks. They exist. They're there. Well, but you may have to search. In their defense, most of the dudes are not hot dudes either. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at a Gandalf here who's like, who's like rocking it. Look at that. Look at that! <laughs> well, this is just you got to oh, show yes. that. You gotta I show did that, that in a grocery store. We got to share that. You got to show that to <laughs> the camera, fantastic. Mark. That's fantastic. Well, this the, is a this is a picture of of Mark in a uh, 
in a robe. Monk. Comic Cons are are Looking very monk like. And see, this is perfect with a that's, cauldron. That's you with the cauldron. A smoking in, in cauldron. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, if you're headed to Comic Con, you will uh, find that the beer choices are not only uh, increasing uh, but uh, growing in in quality uh, dramatically. As a lot of brewers like Fremont and Firestone and some of the some of the really cool uh, craft breweries around the country are getting together with Comic Cons. Uh, this would be perfect for you because oh, you could yeah. do the Gandalf thing. You guys should totally get so, involved. Well, here's a surprise of things. <laughs> I actually went to Comic Con once. Mm-hmm. And I dropped my wife off, and then I went my own yeah. <laughs> Yes, but 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 I have two words for True you, story. sir. Renaissance fair. Thank you. And all that is is Comic Con for people who like to be outside. That's all that is. I suppose there's that. Uh, okay, we're yep. We're looking for a couple of glasses here. So I want to ask you a question. Our, uh, Why yes. do you take my Marlin Spike away? Why did I take? Why did your you take my Mar- Okay, Marlin so Marlin Spike, Spike, and this is. You introduced me to this the last time you were on the show. Marlon Spike is a Moorish porter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moorish is a questionable word in there. <laughs> anyway, you introduced me to this Moorish porter. Has become one of my favorite, like one of my go-tos. Can't find it. Can't find it now. What is Moorish uh, as it relates to porter? Well, go ahead. Well, Moorish is a, uh, you know, since this is an English-style luxury porter, Mm. Moorish is the context clue to those English. It's a common English uh, term when you have the kind of the perpetual perpetual feeling of wanting a little more of something. They say Mm -hmm. you feel like having Moorish. Yeah, well, I was just about to say that would have been my guess. Like, uh, how much beer do I want? Well, definitely Moorish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's essentially what it means, right? Uh, yeah, a Moorish porter. So that was the that this was the was answer. A fun beer, and then you yes. took it away it's, from me. We did not take you it took away, it away from, from you. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all you have this to do. This was my go-to. Just go buy out all the inventory right now. It's going to be very shelf-stable. It's a but porter. But is it out there? It'll be back in November. There's some. There's some stragglers. I got to wait till there, November. A little bit here and there. No, no. You, you got to hear what he says. There's, there's some a stragglers little bit out left. There. Not every store them. is sold out. They are most are at or below one case of inventory left, but it, it's fairly minimal. You have but to go you to, can find it. You have to go to a place that doesn't move their inventory very well, like a Total Wine or something. Noted. <laughs> Ouch! I'm not going to be involved in oh, that no, no. part of the conversation. You, you, you better step back from there. Actually, yes. Uh, yeah. I like, guess time for me to take a restroom. Break. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just I don't want this to be the other lost episode of the show. So we've already had one, and uh, and it wasn't. We nearly, don't want angry drummers calling and, us and either. It really wasn't nearly as happy an episode as this one has been. Spills and all. Well, uh, I love the Moorish Porter, and you said this will return in. November? Yeah, this is our winter seasonal now. And what's the name of it again? Marlin Spike. Marlin, Marlin Spike. Spike. So, real quick, what is that? Where does that name come from? Not nod to you know, uh, it's a uh, for for like shipping. It's a, like mm-hmm. a tool for tying knots and oh, well. you know stuff like that. So it's a uh, it's a nod to uh, fishermen or sailors. Well, what's interesting about today's show is we have really liked everything. Like like there's there hasn't been anything we didn't give yeah. a big thumbs up to from the. Uh, Forty-something dollar Telemore do single malt, age fourteen. Years. Can you believe this is less than fifty bucks? That's that's pretty darn good for yep. that price range. To the to this uh, array of beers, which has been so wonderful, and I just have to say again how much I love the King's Head IPA. It's a fantastic, fantastic IPA. Well, 
we made it just for you. I appreciate that, and uh, I, I almost believe it. It's a, it's it's a, it's a pretty good thing. So. Well, I enjoy the King's Head IPA. Yes, yes. I'm all about the Damn It Jim. Yeah, and the, the Marlinspike. They're and all the good. Spike. They're all good. I, I loved the Ale Mary. That was like that was what a perfect good. one to open with. It was it was just fantastic. Yeah. So, so we encourage you to uh, to look for the New Republic beers. They are definitely worth it. And these guys have really. I think I've done themselves at doing some things that are different from what all of the, uh, you know, from what every other craft brewery does. It's so nice to see a I'm brewery that doesn't have a lineup of six IPAs and then something else. Yeah, exactly. And, and a stout. Exactly, <laughs> and a stout, yeah. Or or that doesn't just have, you know, just <clears throat> the the typical things that you would expect. So uh, so cheers to you guys. You, uh, you are doing a great job, and we will uh, continue to uh, be big supporters of what you're doing at New Republic, please tell the guys uh, thanks for loaning you to us for a show and and for <laughs> and for sending along some tasty brews. Uh, it has been quite a week here, smoking and toasting. We have uh, some exciting things coming up for the show, including uh, an episode in Los Angeles next month that we're really excited pretty excited about, about that. And yep. one more quick one more quick uh, stab at this too. When is that? Uh when yeah. is that you anniversary? Got your, you also got your show at the uh, brewery April twenty eighth. Okay, this is uh, this is news, but I like it. It's news that I, it's news <laughs> that I can use. So I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about that. April twenty yeah. eighth. Okay, well there you go. So uh, uh, so thank you very There's much. There's King's Head at the brewery. King's Head at the brewery. Yeah. Done. 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 Uh, thank you guys for joining us uh, for another episode of Smoking and Toasting. Craft beer, fine spirits, hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. It's been a, uh, a fun show. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks for the beer. No, you're welcome. And have a uh, wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you next week once again on Smoking and Toasting. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.